Welcome back to Energetically You. Today, I'm thrilled to have a deep conversation with Teresa Blair Levine. She struggles as a successful mompreneur with trauma, ADHD, and high-functioning anxiety escalated into chaos, stuckness, and self-doubt. And this led her on her own journey to regain inner peace, confidence, and self-love. I love her transparency, and I'm so excited to dig into all of this with her. She goes on to say in her bio that she leaned, learned effective ways to get unstuck, release pain, self-sabotage, and unwanted feelings with processes that cultivated desired emotions and created a totally different outcome that previously seemed impossible to attain. I know that EFT tapping is one of her main uh, modalities, but I know that she has others. So let's see what she has to say. She has helped female entrepreneurs and moms to work on their mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health for over 25 years with an evolving blend of energy psychology, emotional freedom technique, also known as EFT tapping, and chakra strategies. Her methods empower the effective release of anxiety, distractions, trauma, and limiting patterns so that her clients can get present, feel happier, and be more fulfilled as they align their values and vision for the future with the actions they take in their business and daily life. She lives in Washington, D.C. with her husband, Jeff, their four boys, and two yellow labs. Ooh, we have labs in common. And she is also the host of her own podcast called Becoming More Me Podcast. So let's dive in. Welcome, Teresa. I'm so thrilled for this conversation. I know that we have uh, a lot in common and you are an expert on all things aligning mompreneurship, motherhood in general, all of the uh, anxiety and things that go along with juggling these these massive uh, massive unknowns, really. So I'm, I'm so excited to dive in. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to uh, my listeners and tell us, how was your Mother's Day? Oh, well, I'm Teresa Lear-Levine. My Mother's Day was fabulous. Um, I hope yours was as well. I am a mom of four boys and kind of a, a serial entrepreneur. I've been in different iterations of my business for the last 25-ish years and always love the new ways that it's unfolding and the new ways that I get to help people and also level myself up as I do it. That's that's the fun of entrepreneurship, right? And I live in Maryland, uh, not too far from Annapolis, which is near DC and Baltimore for those that aren't as familiar with Maryland. And my boys, like we were saying, before we started, I've got a five-year-old, eight-year-old, and a 16-year-old. <laughs> it's a big spread. Um, there was a, there was a first marriage in there. And then the other three, um, the first was in my first marriage. And then the other three are with my current husband and they span 12 years. And we've got, you know, four different school systems as, as that result of the varying ages. So it's been a year, it's been a year of a lot of growth, but I love it. I, I know that even just on Mother's Day morning, I was talking with my husband just saying, you know, I can really see the results of my own work, my own self-work, my own work with other therapists and such really showing up for me in this time in my life. And 
I love it when we have opportunities to verify that our work is working. Yeah. So well, thanks for other- having me, Megan. I meant to say that <laughs> first too. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to talk. I know that we've got so much cool stuff to cover. So thank you for having me on your, your show today. Oh, my pleasure. Well, so, so many follow-up questions. Like, first of all, props for boys, uh, such a spread, uh, it must be challenging at times, but very rewarding. And I don't know about you, but I felt like I was privileged to have all of these wellness tools during the pandemic, not because it got me particularly like in a better place in terms of my business. It was more like I could see in comparison to a lot of my peers, like I just mentally managed it a little bit better. You know, like I was, it's not that it was easy, but I I knew, I knew that there's these things. If I just keep doing these certain daily things that, you know, we would get through it, <laughs> even though yeah, you know, the, the one perspective of the hardest... and the consciousness make a huge difference in the way that you receive everything that's happening and the way that you process it. Totally. So let's, let's talk about anxiety because I think that it's something like that you personally have struggled with. I don't know if oh, you yeah. have, um, I'm, I'm sure that that's like a, a, um, a client that you often attract and maybe you've seen it in any, any of your children. I don't know, but it's something that I feel like it's more and more very openly talked about, but I also feel like that's relatively new, you know, like that it's the stigma is, is being removed and more people are feeling um, that they can seek support and community around these kinds of issues. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Because I think that on some level, we all deal with it from time to time. You know, there's that nervous energy that, we could use some help dissipating. And of course it can come up in much stronger ways for different people at different times. I've certainly had my share of it. I noticed it getting a lot worse for me as I probably had my third and fourth child. And, you know, my fourth child was only a couple of years before we went into the pandemic. And I was really glad I had those tools going into the pandemic. Um, I hadn't really had any major anxiety episodes, I guess. I never really had like large panic attacks or anything. I don't want to take away from people that do. Um, but I would have these moments of just really severe panic. And I suppose maybe they were panic attacks. I really get that like heavy feeling in my chest and that racing heartbeat and just really feel out of control. I remember having one of those, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, just kind of melting into a puddle in my husband's arm in the shower one day and just feeling like, man, I have tools and I feel like this, like, I can't even imagine how people who don't do, because I knew like, even in that state of just, you know, crying my eyes out, being scared and fearful and full of all the emotions that I really try to, to manage. And I know don't serve me. Even in that moment, I knew that tomorrow I'd feel differently and Mm -hmm. that that was a moment and that I just needed to work to get more present and to understand what was, what was real and what was being perceived and distorted by my mind. So yeah, anxiety is, um, I tend to have more of like a high functioning anxiety, I guess I would call it where typically it propels me to do more and do better, but high functioning anxiety normally goes hand in hand with perfectionism and things like that, which I have called myself a recovering perfectionist for a while. And uh, I've, I'm proud of the way that I've been able to adopt more of a done is better than perfect kind of attitude about things. But yeah, I sure hope that it's becoming 
more well received by people because we all have, we've all got stuff to process. We've all got things that make us nervous and get us out of whack. And there's so many great tools and modalities that can help us get back to the present moment where typically all really is well. Yeah. So I want to get, I want to get into the modalities that you work with, but first, um, I think it's from what you were saying about, you know, understanding that it's a moment it's a lot about having less fear in actually feeling what we're feeling, you know, because a lot of times it's just like, if I actually, people feel, and I felt like this, if I actually go there, like all the way there, like, will I come out of it? Or, you know, like, is it this passing moment? Um, And what will that mean? Or will it, you know, will it change how I think about things? Like we, we try so hard to control our emotions and I feel like that is really a disservice to the process, right? Like we can get, oh, goodness. there's so much to say about everything that you just said, because yeah, I mean, we're it's, it's express, express, you know, we want, when a baby is born, we want them to cry we want them to express themselves. And then from the moment they can finally talk, we're telling them to shove it down and to be quiet and everything else. Our emotions are energy in motion. When we suppress them and make them still and stagnant, that's when we get the energetic blockages that I'll be talking about when we actually, you know, talk about what EFT is and why it matters. But as far as, you know, fear, yeah, I mean, fear is a tough one because fear is not natural. We are not born fearful of anything. All fear that we have is conditioned. So, and we all seem to have been conditioned into some form of it. And it's all of those things that we feel unsafe about that, keep us from being that best version of ourselves. that keep us from following through on all those things that we're dreaming about doing and that keep triggering that, you know, fight or flight kind of instinct in our body that makes us think something really, really awful is about to happen when a lot of times it, it's not even a real threat. Yeah, totally. All right. So let's talk modalities. You already uh, touched on EFT. What else do you, or sort of what have, what has been your journey of, of arming your toolbox when it comes to working with clients? Well, I've always enjoyed personal development, self-development books, audio books, PBS specials. That's kind of where I grew up on back in the day. And I guess that was kind of beginning was just learning. And then it was realizing that knowledge wasn't enough on its own and that there needed to be action that went along with it. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of got into exploring different, different forms of spirituality, different religions, different ways that other people relaxed or practiced things and such. And that was more knowledge and not doing, but fun. And then I started to do meditation and that was tough for me because I have not just, you know, the high functioning anxiety, but also ADHD. And I feel like most people with ADHD think that they're lousy at meditating because it requires continually coming back to the present moment Mm -hmm. and it can be really hard to stay there. But I was able to, you know, realize and adapt to that and find that guided meditation was more my jam than just trying to sit and meditate, which drove me crazy bonkers I'm sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) um you and a lot of people I mean I don't even think that's specific to ADHD but I can imagine it's you know amplified for sure some people can clear their mind a lot easier though than we can (laughs) god bless them but it's not me and that's okay 
And then I got really into exploring affirmations and Mm. my feelings about them, both negative and positive, because affirmations can be a pretty big leap sometimes that can end up making you feel crappier than they do make you feel good and kind of having it out with affirmations and uh, a visualization has been one that has stuck with me that I just love visualization and I love creating, you know, affirmations that feel in alignment with who I am, who I'm becoming, who I want to be. And then putting all of that together with EFT and hypnotic communication and um, Ho'oponopono and a bunch of other things that I love to kind of mix together into what I've found to be kind of the, the perfect soup of modalities and, and just getting more comfortable with the things that are uncertain. You know, it's, I think that's the hardest thing. I forgot to mention law of attraction and that's kind of where I'm going right now, but I'm, I'm law of attraction coach as well. Um, we, we have a hard time getting comfortable with letting go and allowing the quantum field to come in and help us align things. And that's, you know, part of our, our fear and our anxiety and everything else is that, you know, the universe wants the highest good for all of us. And all we need to do is ask and it is received, but what we do after we ask really, really matters. And a lot of people become too closed off or restricted or um, unwilling to be okay with letting it go and allowing, you know, the quantum field to respond with what you asked for in the first place. So yeah, those are some of my favorite modalities. Amazing. Uh, So one thing I wanted to say is that I'm sure that you, well, for me and my work, a lot of times I'm helping women like give themselves permission because you just gave a lot, a lot of information and and techniques and tools. And I think some people take that and think like they have to start doing all those things all at once. Right. And, (laughs) and so then either they never start or they feel like they're failing because they're not getting it all done. and, And there's just like, so much value in finding like one of those tools to start with and finding. That's exactly why spot. EFT became like my go-to. Exactly why it became my go-to because I would overwhelm myself and get myself all kind of out of whack feeling like, oh, well, I need to meditate and then I need to visualize and I should probably go do my affirmations and then maybe I'll do a round of EFT and some yoga and, you know, eat an awesomely healthy lunch. And then I don't have time to like, pick up the kids at school or, you know, have a conversation with my husband or, you know, just chill. So yeah. no, just what I <laughs> was that I could do a round of EFT that could bring me pretty much the same benefits, if not better than all of those things combined in three to five minutes. And that really, really fit into my crazy busy life. Amazing. All right. So let's, let's dive right into EFT. Tell us, tell us all the things. Okay, cool. I'll kind of start at the beginning because I don't even think we've identified what EFT is. And I would hate to have people thinking we're on this podcast talking about like electronic funds transfers or something. (laughs) Um, Whether it's actually emotional freedom techniques. And uh, it's been around for a while, although most people, for whatever reason, seem to think it's new. Um, The the combination of things that have created it are, you know, some ancient Chinese medicine, which has been around for thousands of years, and some is more, you know, modern psychology. But, and it's only been known as EFT since the 90s, but 
similar, you know, versions of it that became EFT have been around for 40 some years. So as long as me and, uh, you know, it's, it's very scientifically proven. It's scientifically based. Um, I know a lot of people ask right off the bat, like, isn't this kind of a woo-woo thing where you just have to kind of believe it and make it? No, you can actually not believe in EFT, do it and still get a result because it is really getting your, your brain in on things, your body, it's connecting all four of your bodies. So, you know, your, your mental, your emotional, your physical, your spiritual, it works with all of them in very logical and scientific ways. Now I'm all about the woo. So not, not, you know, no, no slight to the woo there because I, I love making it as, as wooey as people enjoy, but I can also work with somebody in a very straightforward way that is just um, all business pretty much as far as working out the kinks. Um, I don't find that to be as much fun, but you know, <laughs> that's, I'm with that's you. Personal, <laughs> personal preference. So <clears throat> EFT is again, it's this combination of ancient Chinese medicine and modern psychotherapy and, and stuff like that. And what it does is it addresses the energetic blockages and things that are in your body. So I guess first you kind of need to understand that our energy flows through this invisible um, grouping of like these channels. They're called meridians in our body. That's how energy and life force flows. Now, those are the same points in your body that if you were to go see an acupuncturist, they might you know insert the needles in order to release energetic blockages that might be causing you physical pain or even you know other other things that are happening in your life. So it was it's been shown in like scientific studies and things that acupoint stimulation like that, whether it's, you know, with needles or without actually can bring about um, greater relief from pain than that given by medication, which is awesome, awesome news. And it was also figured out with tapping, there's about nine points on our body that when you use them together, along with the psychological addressing of the issue, I couldn't hear what you said. Siri's talking to me. Sorry. This is real life here. Um, She wanted to know more about EFT, you know? Um, Anyway, (laughs) these nine points on our body that when you tap them together, along with that psychological addressing of the issue, you get to unblock the energy and feel better. So those main points are the karate chop point, which is the side of your hand. If you were going to like karate chop a board, it's right there. You got the top of the head. We've got the inner part of your eyebrow, the side of your eye, under your eye, under your nose, under your mouth, your collarbone point, and then under the arm um, where like your bra would go around your body, that part of under your arm. So like not your armpit, but under your arm a little further down. Those are the nine points that are mainly worked with. We have a lot of other meridian points on our body, but that particular combination is like the perfect combination for working on just about anything. And so people are like, okay, so it helps things feel better. What does it help feel better? Well, and that's where EFT is the most awesome modality, I think, because you can literally work on and make better anything that you can feel. That means emotional pain. That means physical pain. That means past trauma or bothersome memories, anything in the past that's still bugging you now, present stuff that's happening and also future. And future is going to be where the anxieties and things come in. That is where, you know, because anxiety is anything where we're worried about something that might happen, might never happen. We're just, you know, it's, it's there in our, in our mind. So you can work on any of those things. And while you're tapping and talking, maybe you're also doing some, some visualization there. And what happens is that signals get sent to your amygdala and the amygdala is fascinating. Like I'm, I'm no like 
you know, big brain on the brain here, but I do know a little bit about the amygdala and it's so small and yet it is so powerful and probably responsible for a lot of the stuff that you're trying to work through um, in the ways that it tries to keep us safe. Sometimes it prevents us from doing what we set out to do. So it's this like little almond shaped part of your brain and it only makes up like 0.3% of the overall volume of the brain. It's located in the anterior portion of the temporal lobe. It's a stress center and it's, it's not monitored by the thinking parts of your brain and the frontal lobes, but it stores your memories of events, emotions, um, things like that. So that you'll recognize if things oh, like that, what? stores trauma there as well. No? Yes, exactly. So if something happened in your past, it's going to store it so that if something similar were to happen again in the future, you'd be aware of it and probably do whatever you could to avoid it. So that's our, it's, it's responsible for that whole fight, flight, freeze, or flee response that we have pretty much automatically when we're triggered by something that brings up fear in us, like we were talking about fear before. So that activates the sympathetic nervous system. And then, you know, we've got the increased heart rate. We've got the, you know, the increased blood pressure, the breathing. And, you know, even after something subsides that brings on that response, we're still kind of in that place for 20 to 60 minutes afterwards. It's a lot of time to be living in the stress response because during that time too, You've got your cortisol stress hormone pumping up in your body, and that does not do good things. And when the cortisol is up, then we can't have the feel-good hormones up at the same time. It's like a one or the other deal in the body. So um, a lot of negative effects to the health can happen when we're in that state. And unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of people are in a stress response state a lot of the time. And it's, it's showing up in a lot of ways that we really don't want it to. So while the stress response could happen sometime when it's really helpful, like if you were to have a car accident or something truly threatening where you really do need to get through it, it may also happen like if you're on a first date or heading into the boardroom to do a presentation or going to a job interview or something, and there it's not going to serve you as well. And, um, or checking your email right before you go to bed. Yes. Oh, geez. Yeah. Stay away from the email before bed. Stay away from it first thing in the morning too. That's my best advice around the email. Have some <laughs> set times of the day for the email or anything that's going to have that potential unknown in it. I, I love the unknown. And I think that all of our best potential for change lies in surprises, unknown, breaking the whole habit of all the things that make us who we are right now in order to be who we want to be. But yeah, stay away from the email right before bed. And um, yeah, so, you know, we have these dangers that aren't really dangers, basically, that are coming at us all the time right now. We're not cavemen that are running from, you know, predators or falling off of cliffs or anything anymore. We're, we're just, you know, we're in this modern world where we're really, for the most part, pretty safe. And I don't want to discount things and areas of the world where that's actually not true. But for the most part, I think most people that are listening to this podcast are fairly safe on a day-to-day basis and um, not worried about those kinds of things. So when we're implementing tapping properly, then we bypass the pathways that are normally accessed when you're just doing like talk therapy or life coaching or something like that. And we get to ease both the physical and the emotional levels simultaneously, which is like the total key to the effectiveness of EFT. And it also creates a really positive ripple effect because when you can lower your resistance, lower your cortisol, um, increase your happy feelings around something, 
it affects all the different areas of your life. So all of a sudden you're feeling, you know, better about something that you didn't even concentrate and tap on. It happens. Um, EFT has this really cool side effect called borrowed benefits and it happens in a few different ways, but you can actually borrow benefits from yourself in the sense that sometimes I'll be tapping with a client and we'll be kind of talking about things before, you know, our session. And, you know, maybe we're going to be working on some limiting beliefs that they have in their business, but they've also got a cold at the same time. And they're like, oh man, I'm sorry. I have a sore throat and this cough right now. And, you know, it's okay. We'll get through it. I'm like, okay, well, let's note, like, how are you feeling about that sore throat and that cough right now? We're not going to tap on it, but let's just at least take note of what's happening in your body. And we do. And at the end of the tapping session, even though we don't talk about their cold or their sore throat after that, 10 times out of 10, they, they say, oh my God, my cold symptoms feel so much better. Like, how did that happen? And that's the borrowed benefits. You're actually improving that while you're working on the other thing. And the same thing happens for practitioners, which is why a lot of times EFT practitioners don't get as burnt out as other types of practitioners of different therapies, because we actually gain improvement in different things that we're challenged by while we're helping other people work through completely unrelated things. It's pretty cool. Totally. Amazing. So essentially it's helping us have a more open, consistent flow of energy of whatever needs to be moved through and then eventually out of the body. Correct? Yeah. I mean, it can be said that any dis-ease in our body or mind comes from an energetic blockage. So when we can remove that blockage, we feel good. We feel calm. We have that inner peace that seems so elusive to so many of us. Um, We can increase our confidence, our intuition. We feel more guided, more clarity. All of those things come back to us. And for me, it was the best tool for coming into the present moment and realizing how to come back to it when things would get me anxious or out of it. Amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about writing these scripts? Because you know, but you could find on YouTube and maybe you have also available like sort of general tapping scripts, which I'm sure are very helpful, but correct me if I'm wrong. I'm guessing they're that much more powerful, the more personalized the script gets. Is that correct? Yes, of course. And that's why, you know, working with a practitioner is so valuable because you can really have somebody understand the perspective that's needed and what really needs to be concentrated on in order to move the block. But I guess the things to understand with, and not everything is scripted, you know, I I think, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but what I'd love to give your listeners is a chance to see you and I do some tapping together. Tapping is very visual. So it's a little hard to do it on a podcast, but when we're done here, we can hone in on whatever came up that we talked about. That was like the juiciest thing we want to work on and we'll do a tapping round and then they can shoot me an email, Teresa at Teresa Just put energetically you in the subject line. And I will make sure that you get that special exclusive tapping round. That's just for your listeners. That'll be able to show people kind of how it works. But as far as creating scripts, EFT really likes it when you get specific. So even when we're trying to figure out what we're going to tap on after this, we're going to need to dial it into like one thing, which always kind of, I know for me, at least in the beginning, kind of hard. Like I need to like cut <laughs> off limbs in order to get down to that. Like, what is that one thing you want to work on right now and get really specific about it. But when you work on that one thing and you clear it, it is not likely to come back. So it's really about getting to the root and being really specific. So if you're working on a physical pain, it's speaking into what that's feeling like for you, what that looks like for you, how it's affecting you and really letting all of the negative aspects come forward 
in a, in a world where toxic positivity is like mm-hmm. almost celebrated, EFT really allows you to say how you really feel like, and, and be okay with that and allow it to be cleared so that you can genuinely feel differently as a result of allowing yourself to focus on the negative for a little bit, which I think is way better than pretending the negative doesn't exist, shoving it down and giving yourself more blockages than you already have. So, you know, we always start out EFT tapping um, in generally it's the karate chop point, that side of the hand point where you're tapping there. Sometimes it's the sore spot, which is that area kind of on your chest. If you were to um, have your hand over your heart and extend your fingers up and there's that sore spot where, you know, maybe if you did some chest presses or something yesterday, you also feel it. Um, but we're either rubbing there or tapping on the karate chop point and we're acknowledging what we're about to talk about. So it, maybe it's, even though I have this awful headache or even though, um, I don't know, the interview went horribly, or even though I had an argument with my husband, even though the kids are driving me crazy, whatever I love, accept and forgive myself. If you can manage those words, I often say how some people, depending on what we're working on, They don't feel those things. And it's kind of like those affirmations that felt like too big of a leap. Sometimes we need to personalize it to where you are right now. But the end goal and where the real emotional freedom comes is when you can love, accept, and forgive the situation, circumstance, feeling, whatever it might be. So we start off there and it's kind of three times through that we're, you know, even though whatever, insert whatever you want to tap on. I love, accept, and forgive myself three times. And then you start through the different points, beginning at the top of the head. Some people like to begin on the eyebrow point. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Like get the points in (laughs) five to seven (laughs) times tapping on each area. Um, you know, it's the perfectionism doesn't need to exist here. You can't do it wrong. You can't hurt yourself. You can't traumatize yourself with this. You really can't do any wrong. So just do what feels right. And you're going to describe what's happening. So if you're working on a headache, maybe you're describing the headache and you're at the top of your head and you're saying, oh, I've got this awful headache and you're moving to the next point. I feel it in the front of my forehead or wherever you're describing where you feel it. Maybe it has a color. Maybe it has a texture. Maybe it makes you feel angry. Maybe it makes you feel tired, whatever all those feelings are tapping and just saying them. And even if you're tapping alone, which most people do, because Sometimes it's weird to just tap in front of other people um, <laughs> on the subway and, or something. You, know, you still want to say it out loud and with emphasis and like a passion for what you're what you're expressing. Um, that's as important as being specific. But you can also do it silently, and it's also effective. But best case scenario, you are passionately tapping and talking about the issue and going through those points about three times. Now, now we say you want to rate your intensity first. And we'll do this when we do our sample round afterwards, but you know, the simplest way to do it is just that kind of zero to 10 scale, same thing that you would do if you went into a doctor's office for something or whatever, and they needed you to rate your pain or discomfort or whatever. So zero is like feeling amazing. 10 is it's off the charts, bad and write it down before you do that tapping around, because a lot of times so much changes in such a little period of time that you second guess yourself and you miss out on what an empowering tool this is and how amazing it is to be able to take your own well-being, your own results and outcomes into your own hands and make a big change. So write it down. And then after you've gone through, you know, three um, rounds of the tapping points, then 
assess it again, take a nice deep breath, feel your body, feel what's going on. Think about the situation again. The situation should be top of mind while you're going through the tapping too. And think how you feel about it now. And maybe ask yourself the question, what came up for me and examine what's going on inside of you now and what's changed. Now, if the intensity has gone, like, let's say you started at like an eight or nine, it was really bothering you, whatever it was. And now you're at a four or a five. It's a good time then to start adding in some of the more positive things. You know, maybe it, instead of just talking about the negative aspects of the headache, you're tapping and saying, I'm open to releasing this tension and allowing it to dissipate, or I'm open to the possibility that I don't need to have this headache for the rest of my day or that kind of thing and whatever feels true for you. And ultimately you want to tap until you're at whatever feels good for you. Some people scales are funny. And I, some people get so hung up on like rating their pain that sometimes I'll just say, <laughs> just say five to begin with. Like, let's just call a starting point and then you're going to know if it went up or down. But, uh, and some people will never allow themselves a zero. You know, mm. and I found the same thing. Um, nutrition coaching was something that I did long before this and also led me to this because it seemed so superficial compared to what I could accomplish with people with deeper methods with mm -hmm. their nutrition and the whole mind, body, spirit combination. But I would totally. notice like people would be like rating how they would eat for the day. And, you know, for some people, let's say it was like a zero to five scale for eating. Some people would easily give themselves a five, like even though they had a cookie after dinner or something, and they'd be like, <laughs> heck yeah, it was awesome. I feel great. Awesome day. Some people would have a bite of a cookie and they'd be like, Zero two or zero or you know, whatever. <laughs> like it's a total failure. Like, and I, so sometimes I struggle with the whole scale thing, but the main thing is that you want to notice what's shifting and how it's shifting and what's changing for you and what you're becoming more conscious about. And literally you'll feel different at the end of that round. It's, it's was the craziest thing to me the first time I tried it because the first time that I actually tapped, it was literally just on like general anxiety feelings of stress and things. And at the same time, pretty sure I had COVID didn't know it at the time, but <laughs> pretty sure I had it felt like absolute dog do. And, um, I was at this retreat. I got sick on the way to the retreat. So I never would have oh, actually no. showed up with my <laughs> yucky germs and awful feeling this had I been sick before the retreat, but I was like already there and feeling awful. And I was like, okay, I might as well go participate. And um, thank God I did because it opened my eyes to how to actually apply this to my life. And as I tapped on my anxiety and my stress, my throat felt better. My congestion started to clear. I was like, this is some crazy voodoo magic. Like what is going on here? But it was, it was that powerful. And then I was like, holy crap. Like I just did that. Nobody else did that. I did that. Those were my words, my thoughts, my feelings, my issues. I just worked them out in like five minutes. Like I need to learn everything there is to know about this modality and help other people do it with much bigger, better things than my general anxiety and COVIDiness. Yeah. Well, I think it's empowering on so many levels. Like one, to your point, you immediately physically feel better, even if you don't believe in it, even if you're not buying it, like it changes your state, uh, physical state. And then two, the power to, to shift these things completely on your own. And I think it also operates on this assumption that, you know, you're, you're bringing in what you're trying not to admit to yourself or really like meritated, maybe you're bringing it closer in first and allowing yourself to be okay with feeling it and then release it. And, and that process of 
you know, sometimes when we just have this active energy of trying to resist how we're actually feeling, it just becomes stronger. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I work with a lot of fellow coaches in one way or another. And I've felt this way to myself that because we know better, we should be doing better and we shouldn't be having a bad day or experiencing these super petty feelings or even, you know, going there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we help other people get out of this all the time. Why the heck are we in it right now? And that doesn't help anything, first of all, but there is like such a release and there's so much fun in just being like petty and simple and just sometimes just rude and mean and nasty about how we feel and getting it out and then feeling better. And coming back to that place of how we really know we want to be and show up and behave in this world. And nobody has to know. Totally. All right. So how, well, tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you focus on and all the ways that people can connect with you. Sure. So I have the Becoming More Me podcast and it was born in, I was about a year. I think I need to do like a celebratory one year anniversary episode (laughs) coming up really soon. But I finally uh, like unboxed my mic and allowed myself to figure out how to use it about a year ago after it like sat off to the side, like taunting me for a very long time. Like, I think we all did that. (laughs) What what am I here for? And um, it it started out kind of not knowing what it was all about. I knew it was about becoming more me and all the things, essentially it's grown into that. It's just all the things that help me become more of who I am and all the things that help my guests become who more of who they want to be and how we're all kind of always on this journey and always becoming and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it goes all over the place. I love to use uh, my own life circumstances as teachable stories and things like that when I do solo episodes. And then I love to have other people on that have something to contribute about the things that have really helped them to grow. But at the end of the day, it's all about growth. And as far as finding me, I'm pretty Googleable. But uh, if you want like some more specific resources, I would say go to Teresa's free gift.com. Teresa's with an H. So it's T-H-E-R-E-S-A-S freegift.com. And there you're going to get, um, currently I have a five minutes to freedom ebook that's there and it's full of all sorts of different exercises you can do some tapping videos. You can pick a subject that resonates with you and just press play. There's some scribing stuff. There's a really cool quiz where you can actually learn how emotionally free you are, which will point you to the areas that you actually might want to focus on and some other cool stuff there where you can just learn more about what emotional freedom is all about and how it might benefit you. So that would be my recommendation. And, um, and I look forward to, you know, connecting with, with your listeners and, and helping them to, to figure things out. If they want to reach out and send me that email, I'll send them that exclusive uh, tapping script that we're about to create. That'll just be Teresa at Teresa my email address. Amazing. Well, I'll share all of your socials in the show notes and um, that other website you just mentioned will link up as well so that it's easy for everyone to find those resources. Thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything else you wanted to leave any final thoughts to leave us with today? Goodness. Um, nothing specific. Just if you've never tried EFT, I strongly encourage anyone listening to at least try a round or two on one or two different issues that you have going on. 
see what shifts, see what changes. You might just thoroughly amaze yourself and be blown away at, <laughs> at how different things can be and how different you can be, um, especially if you're used to feeling a certain way um, that you have the power to change it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time and your energy today. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation and uh, we'll all be in touch. Thank you, Megan. Appreciate it. So Teresa and I just recorded her walking me through tapping on imposter syndrome. And it was so cool. I think, honestly, I'm going to ask her for the recording so I can keep doing it. Um, because even when it's something that you feel like you've really dealt with on multiple levels, hitting it up with a different modality for this case, like I haven't really focused on imposter syndrome with EFT tapping. I usually use it for more energetics. Um, but I I really did feel a difference. And, um, it's all about voicing what you're actually feeling and not, and, and removing the layer of shame around it. That's what's so powerful and empowering. So, uh, do hit her up. We'll have in the show notes, her email. So you can email her to get the, uh, EFT tapping session. Uh, she just gifted me and, uh, all the other things we mentioned in the podcast. So have a good one.